Good morning, everyone. It's Lee Henson here, president and founder of Agile Dad, and it's time for today's episode of The Daily Stand-Up. So without any further ado, let's get started. Today, I have a special treat for you. We're continuing with our Agile Expert Series, and I brought in someone who I consider to be a very dear friend, one of my former students, a very dear friend, somebody that I have a mad amount of respect for. She is Kelly Tyler, the head of Agile Practices at BIT, which is really interesting. But I think even more interesting is that she's part of the organizing board of Utah Agile. So Kelly, what's going on? How are things? Things are great. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Very excited to be here today. Thank you. We're excited to have you here. Everybody's excited to hear from you. So are you out of the smoke there in Utah? I know there were some fires with smoke blowing in. Is everything going better there? No, definitely not getting better. <laughs> getting worse. But we'll tell Mother Nature to blow a little harder, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the easy yeah. way. So today, you know, we talked about this topic. And today, I think this is going to be probably out of all the episodes that I've done so far with the Agile Experts. I think this is going to be a topic that's probably the most applicable to everyone. So this is going to be one of those episodes. If you haven't already, tell your friends to tune into this episode, get them on this, because this is important. We're going to talk a little bit about psychological safety. Now, I want to kick it off by saying, for me, incredibly important topic. I have a background in psychology, but I think people butcher the definition of psychological safety. They don't know what it means. So let's start there. Kelly, what is psychological safety and why is it so important as part of the Agile framework? So I think to me, psychological safety is this um, ability to fail safely and know that you're not going to be punished. You're not going to be publicly ridiculed uh, in front of your in front of your coworkers, um, really knowing that you are free to experiment, uh, free to fail and you will not be punished for any potential failings that come from that experimentation. That's interesting because a lot of times, so I think this is kind of like a pendulum is what I see. Because at one point I talked to leadership and executives and many times they talk about, we want to create a great culture and we want to build in psychological safety. But then what I see happen is I see the pendulum swift, swiftly swing the other way. And they say, you know, I, I'm more concerned about getting work done. And they kind of throw psychological safety out the window. So I guess my question is, how do I know if I have a culture of psychological safety? How, what, what type of preparation things? Is, is there anything that I can do to make sure that I'm in a good place? Um, that's a really good question. I think that we need to constantly be asking. Um, we conducted a anonymous poll actually this week and um, gave everyone an opportunity to say how psychologically safe are they in their role. And um, the results of that, which we didn't view with the entire group yet, but there was one person that said that they feel not psychologically safe because when we dug into it, luckily this person was able to, um, you know, he wanted to claim that he had selected that option. And he said that it wasn't from anyone else around him. He was actually punishing himself when he would make a mistake. Oh. And I think that that is valid to find out that that is happening because, you know, as leadership, we should be ensuring that the people that are maybe possibly making mistakes aren't beating themselves up because that is not healthy and that is not beneficial to the project or to their own health. So even though that wasn't an external um, lack of it, you know, psychological safety, he was kind of self like beating himself up. So 
um, it was really good to find out that as leaders, you can make sure that that's not happening. If something big happens, if there's some big mistake, we should be checking in with the people that were directly involved to make sure that they're okay. And that's an interesting twist, Kelly, because I got to tell you, I've heard a hundred people talk about psychological safety, but I've never heard someone turn it and say, hey, are you beating yourself up over this, right? And and that's that's a good place to visit because I think it's important for people to not only know that their boss, their senior leader, their VP, their director, whoever it is, is going to create an environment that's good for them to work in. But it's important for them to know that, hey, you know, uh, I could be beating myself up just as easy. So I guess my my second question is going to be this then. So my second question is, how do I know? I mean, what? how do I know that I, I need to be, because I, I, a lot of people, especially in different, so I guess let me go back and rewind for a second. When I encounter a lot of people when I'm coaching, sometimes they don't even realize that they're in a bad environment. Other times they realize they're in a bad environment, but feel like they're not empowered to do anything about it. So mm-hmm. I guess my question for you, the second question is, A, so it's two parts, part A, how do I know I'm in a bad environment? What, what are some of the warning signs or signals? And then part B, what do I do when I feel this way? Who do I talk to? Well, I think you, the signs of probably realizing you're in a bad environment would be, um, you know, kind of like back channel, like kind of the rumor mill kind of stuff going on. Like that's definitely not going to be a healthy environment. Um, if you're in that situation and you want to possibly make it better, but you feel helpless, I think the first thing you can do is start small. So, you know, find one person that you really trust that even if it's a peer, right? As long as you're pairing with someone, like, how can we make this better together? And then, you know, as with anything, it just kind of starts small and then change over time, especially if it's coming from kind of, you know, the middle layer, like change can be snowballed and eventually people are going to take note and be like, oh, well, we want to make sure that we're changing things for the better. And, and so just find one person to pair with that you can start to enact change from within. Have you seen psychological safety becoming part of like a team working agreement, like certain things being put in place to help ensure that uh, is, the, is that even a thing? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I think if it's not, it definitely should be. Um, you know, I think that maybe psychological safety is there, but maybe not explicitly called out. Right. But um, certainly if you have an issue with psychological safety, it would be fantastic to just put it right out there in the working agreements, we are not going to talk about each other behind each other's backs and, you know, putting that in there explicitly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, creating a safe work environment. And, and I think there's two pieces to this, and this is my takeaway so far from you. The first piece is that the environment of psychological safety is absolutely important, but I think the big aha, the big thing that I took from you part one or the first takeaway is that, we each as leaders need to take an opportunity to define what psychological safety is. We need to create a definition for that because I think in different environments and in different companies, that definition might be different, right? Not Mm -hmm. saying that it's, you know, you may have some environments, for example, like you mentioned, where there's backbiting or people who are talking behind your back or things that are happening or the rumor mill. Well, in that case, psychological safety means we have to address something different where maybe in another environment where people are just working nose to the grindstone, 14 hours a day, six days a week, you know, psychological safety to them might be, 
hey, let's just get some semblance of work-life balance, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're killing themselves to try to do something and not getting anything of value. And both of those kind of qualify, but I think that it's going to be different in different organizations, right? right. So, that, so that's the first takeaway. The second takeaway that I got from you so far is if you are in an environment where you feel uneasy or you feel this pressure, or you feel like, gosh, I really wish I could say something, but you feel like you're going to get fired if you do, or you feel like there's going to be some ramifications, that the best bet is going to be to follow the same thing you would do with like a suicide prevention hotline. Find somebody that you trust, find somebody you can talk to, close the door, go walk outside, do whatever you have to do. And I call this take five minutes. Just take five minutes and find somebody to talk to about it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's strong advice. So those are the two takeaways that I've gotten from you so far. So now it's time for question number three to make sure we keep it within 15 minutes. So here we go. Question okay. number three. Obviously, psychological safety is a big deal, but how can we, so now that we understand what it is and we understand what we need to do, how can we leverage or get this message out? What what channels can we create or are there channels or do you know of any way that we can get this message out to people to say, hey, this is something that we're maybe not considering that we should be looking better at, that we should be looking deeper into. Uh, How do we portal people from a place where they they may be struggling or maybe a leader who just doesn't know. I mean, because a lot of times, and I love the fact that you brought up the anonymous survey, because I think sometimes when, what people don't know is what's killing their company. And mm-hmm. leaders don't know that they're creating this environment where people just don't feel safe. So I mm-hmm. guess the last question is, how do I, how do I leverage psychological safety? Or how do I know what, what, which direction do I push? How do I make this part of my agile implementation? How do I, how do I press forward? I, I guess the big question is, and this will make it easy for you to answer, how can I leverage psychological safety to make change? So in other words, okay. yeah. So, so now that I know yeah. what it is, how do I leverage it to make change? Well, let me tell you uh, kind of what I did recently. So, um, you know, as with any software company, there's a lot of pressure. There's yeah. a lot of number one priorities. Um, I found an incredible TED talk about the, the internal compass. And this idea of, you know, you have to trust your feeling, your gut feeling of, can I actually do this or can I not actually do this? Um, And so I prefer the just-in-time opportunity to train people. Um, It is a little bit less overhead. um, You know, you're not scheduling an extra meeting. And so I used the beginning of a sprint planning meeting to teach about this idea of the internal compass and actually thinking about holding a compass. And, um, and I taught that, that theory. And then at the end of sprint planning, I said, okay, I want everyone to feel, I want everyone to take a minute. We're just going to sit here in silence. How do you feel? Can we actually commit to this work? And if the answer is no, I want to hear, no, we cannot commit to this work. And guess what? The answer was no. And so we took a couple things out And then at the end, everyone was feeling good. And we said, yeah, our compasses feel good. We feel good about this. Let's go ahead and move forward and start the, start the sprint. So my, my goal with giving that training was that I gave the training with the entire team, including the product owners so that they also knew that, you know what, the software engineers are going to be honest with you. They're going to think about it internally and decide if they really feel like we can get that much work done. So uh, it was really beneficial and um, everybody appreciated that idea of being able to stop for a minute and, and actually think about, can I actually get this work done? So. And ladies and gentlemen, 
this is the exact reason I brought Kelly Tyler on this call. <laughs> that answer was brilliant. It, it, it really does. Making that connection and saying, hey, there's an exercise we can do, or hey, there's a TED Talk, and hey, we can pull all this together, and we can get the teams involved and get them to participate. And I think you hit on one other aha moment for me just now. And it's that it's okay to say no, that it's okay to say that something's not going to work. It's okay to say that something's broken. And, you know, I often say that good things are broken because when when, when things are broken, it means that you're going to have to find a bigger or better way. You're going to have to find something new. You have to find a way to make things right. But it teaches us to both introspect and retrospect. So that way we can, uh, you know, really leverage Agile to find what we're looking for. But I, I can't thank you enough, Kelly. This Wow. I, 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 this is a rare, this is a rare moment. You've known me for years. Leaving me speechless for that long is probably, <laughs> that, that's something pretty impressive. Mind blown. So if you want to get in touch with Kelly to find out more information about psychological safety or about things that are concerning you, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? What's the best way for people to find you? Probably on LinkedIn. Kelly okay. Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn's a powerful tool and it's being used uh, much better now than it was in the past. So if you want to find Kelly, you can reach out to her on LinkedIn. Like I said, she's a dear friend. If for some reason you can't find her, just reach out to me and I'll, I'll put you two in touch. But that'll do it for this episode. Thank you, Kelly. I know your time's valuable. I appreciate you being here. If you have Thank a question you. about this topic or anything else, feel free to reach out. Until next time, stay well, stay healthy, stay agile, and do take care, my friends. See ya.